in the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman. Hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters, including and especially wins in the state of Arizona, however you can get them, and UW uh, being probably five to ten years past, no longer being the most entitled and oblivious organization in Seattle sports. Um, that'll be my uh, I'll, I'll more on that in a minute. Uh, I am your host, uh, Hooligan7, uh, joined tonight by UW Mama Jamma and Pie God UW for a happy hour podcast. How are you gentlemen doing this evening? Pretty good. Doing great. Doing great. Uh, yeah. Five and zero is the way to go. I, I, I will say it. Uh, uh, we can certainly, of course, before we get uh, any further into to segments, we'll, we'll go to beverages. Uh, Mama Jam, I just saw you take a sip. So, uh, what do you have this evening? I am drinking the uh, Mexican style Cantina Lager from Diamond Nut. Nice, nice, very nice. Hi God, how about you? What I do you had got? Oktoberfest from there earlier Ooh, tonight. Nice. It was very good. Nice. Uh, I got a, it, it's Oktoberfest season, so I got a Sam Adams Oktoberfest in my, you know, I understand this is a, an audio medium, but if you could see this, this is my uh, Mariner Solo Cup that's only 54% full of beer. <laughs> well, well, at least somebody has to represent Team Water, and that's me tonight. Uh, I've got some stuff to do over the course of the next, I've got some early morning stuff to do tomorrow, so... Uh, um, is it high quality it, though? It, it, it uh, average to good quality. I don't know necessarily <laughs> that I'd say it's a, it's fully high quality. Um, we could go ahead and move into to stupid tweets and, uh, here's where I'll get back to the aforementioned, uh, franchise. And, and I, and I'm going to say it's the, uh, uh, we can award Jerry DePoto the Todd Turner award for sheer dumb fuckery and statements <laughs> with the, we're doing the fans a favor and not really going for the throat and like just like like that is that the equivalent of the student athlete experience? Oh my god! Like, or I mean, or the half brains in the basement? Yeah, or or the um, so-called fans. Um, yeah. Oh. oh. Who, who's and she's now on? She's actually hey, actively tweeting. Hey, fight, fight on Jen is tweeting like a. Like a mofo. Like she's paid to. Boy, she thought we were. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I, 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 oh, I should have saved it for stupid tweets because uh, I did. See, I think it might have been actually Equity Bruin saying something to the effect of that. <laughs> oh yeah. That uh, that Jen Cohen's going to come down the the hill on Lincoln Riley and make him fire Alex Christian. I'm like, yeah. You don't know her as well as you think you do, my friend. Yeah. Um, what a what a knucklehead! That is, that's, you know, that is an epically stupid so tweet. In the yeah. whole the whole Jimmy Lake thing was uh, was Kase really Barzini all along? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well I, I guarantee you that there's Beaver and, and Cougar fans that think that, that Kase was yeah. Barzini all along, but uh, no, um, <laughs> I mean. Just yeah. the lack of awareness, and it's—I mean, obviously, like I think the reins have been pulled in on Jerry from the ownership group. Unfortunately, and like he's not as aggressive; he can't be aggressive as I think he'd like to be. Um, and it's the—it—it the, it all really is laid at the feet of John Stanton, and his just like it is just inexcusable to 
continue to like just this the entitlement and like how fucking dumb do you think your fan base is to not see through this like the I, I think obviously there's an epidemic of wealthy elites in America that don't have a, a lot of cognizance of the, the intellects of, of of their uh, customers but I mean just I mean, 45 years like yeah we we're we should wait. Like, no, you failed. Like, you were one game from winning a division and having a home, a buy. Like, no, you failed. Shut the hell up. It's fifty four percent. And thank God our coaching staff doesn't approach. Approach. By the way, that's pretty close. I think uh, Sarks was about fifty five point nine during his time at UW. So, <laughs> thank God for King of the Boring and Company because uh, it's a, it's a lot higher than that. <laughs> yeah, seven seven wins, Steve. That's about the right percentage. You know, mm-hmm. just slightly mm-hmm. above five hundred. Um, I do have one other stupid tweet, or, or or just a one that I got to call phrasing, and that's uh, at Douglas TS. Um, I think I don't know whether he was playing along or just being an idiot and saying that you know, and that he was talking about how much things have changed on the side of the ball on the defensive side of the ball from Oregon versus last year. And I'm like, yeah, it's. I said in, in the thread that like, yeah, some things have changed on that side of the ball for us as well. And was, or I was being sarcastic and saying, and nothing's changed. It's like, Oh good. We dominated that D. And I of course had to, to chime in with an arcer, um, phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with it if you did, but. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, th- this one's kind of, this is a shout out to you hooligan. Um, you know, Mr. Mr. Over oh, tweeted, and I'll just I'll just paraphrase um, that uh, um, that DeBoer is the white Deion Sanders and just portals and praise. Um, in which you pointed out, you might want to check your quarterback, top two running back, second, third, and fourth leading receiving, Jordan Birch, and most of your secondary. Yeah, and he tried to come back with their, with oh, but look at the recruiting classes. And I'm like, yes, they've been recruiting their high school classes better than we have. But yeah. the development's kind of the point. That it's like, yes, the portal is important. And, and you know, if you haven't listened to, to last week's episode, we, Hood and I had a really great discussion about the importance of the portal going forward and that it's, it's, yeah. it's a different beast. But just the lack of awareness and look ability to look at the big picture from that fan basis, you know, um, oh, I'm going yeah, to, I'm going to put a hundred percent. I'm going to put a prognostication they, they, in right now. And then, then Mama Gemma, uh, I'll, you'll do the floor. Um, next week and the week following our episodes might have the longest stupid tweet segments in sound the siren history oh. because look who we're talking about. Yeah. I've been, I've been hammering the bookmark. <laughs> All week, I, re- I rely on you guys for that because I just, I just don't want to hear them. <laughs> One of the only time I really ever see them is when you guys reply to them. <laughs> but there was a there was a great line in the old my uh, my favorite show from the nineties uh, news radio where Phil Hartman says one day he goes don't try to confuse me with the facts, <laughs> and that's like every freaking quook man. Yep. And then, and then they just cherry pick. Oh, the 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 one I had was the guy basically says that said that UW is basically Purdue. Okay. No, <laughs> it's just like they. I mean, not not to 
not to say too much about myself, but I grew up in the state of Oregon. And Oregon State and Oregon absolutely sucked in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And didn't go to any bowl games at all. Mm-hmm. And just to just to flat out just forget that and deny that that ever happened. I mean, come on, man. On a related topic, if we're going to cherry pick history, um, th- there's actually a little bit if you look it back at the last 100 games played in college football, we have more wins than they do in our last 100 games. Yeah, I saw with, that. With that, that disaster. With the disaster of Juby Lake. Lake. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor little duckies because... Okay, I don't necessarily have a, a stupid tweet. I'm kind of going in the opposite direction. I want to give I want to give my boy Coker a shout out because he's doing his thing again <laughs> with his no reason for hate. Spread love and joy. A chance to witness a great game as friends together forever. Go Duckskies. <laughs> and I know it's driving him crazy. Oh yeah. I love it when Coker does this, man. Coker isn't a... And then Wilbur chime in, chime in with something yeah. after that, too. And those guys, man, once they get going. Yeah. we still, They still need to uh, figure out a way to resurrect Dennis and, and get the... <laughs> yeah. He's he's out there lurking. He's out there lurking. I had a good one. I had a good one today. I'm just going to give props to me. I think I replied to PDF and I said that DDY died trying to find a Stanford fan <laughs> in a search for a Stanford fan. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, or, or maybe in search of the Stanford offense, because that seems to be missing entirely as well. Oh, yeah, wow. Or, has, or maybe Ooh, maybe that's... John Donovan has been rec- resurrected on the farm. <laughs> Are we sure that he's not their secret consultant? Yeah. Well, I mean, the Bob Gregory's weapon. down there, so... Oh, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, now we know their their linebacker recruiting isn't going to be very good. <laughs> yeah. One truth. It could be that definitely could be said. So let's go ahead and uh, any any other stupid tweets, stupid media statements, press conferences. Oh, I I, I just want to go on one little mini rant. You guys have probably already hit this at one point, the but is yours. I just want to say this to our the Coug fans that are listening to this, because I know you are. UW did not leave the Pac-12 to screw Wazoo. That just happened. It's just icing on the cake. <laughs> I know. It's just like, just deal with it. Get on with it. It happened. It sucks. It sucks. We all think it sucks. Let's just move on and stop whining about it and, and pointing fingers and blaming you dub for it. Kase did, which I something I didn't expect her to do. I felt that she was gonna stay and, and go down with the ship, but she did what was best for the university and the university's athletes. And I'm sorry, that's what I want my university president to do. Yep. And Wazoo's president would have done the exact same thing. And should have had more foresight to see this coming. On the subject of, I mean, the LA, the LA schools was the writing on the wall. Everybody knew it was happening. Hey, the 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 good news is that the the Cougs aren't even paying attention to us anymore. They're the Coug I have Sauron has switched right over to Pat McAfee, well, and I yeah. So well, yeah, I agree with them on this. Yeah, one. no, and, and that was going to be my point as well. Yeah. Is that um, from the depths of my soul, Pat McAfee, shut the fuck up. 
Like, like <laughs> you don't, number one, like it was, I think a somewhat of a lighthearted jest from Lee Corso. Dickert and Corso kind of hashed it out and it was no harm, no foul. And then you brought it back up. Like I'm right. Ryan Leaf kind of went off on him too. Right. Just shut the, like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, I mean, he doesn't even know what it's about. And by know? the way, Pat, yeah. the, the, the song that, that your alma mater is famous for singing is actually not about your state. It's actually about the Western part of the state of Virginia, not the state of West Virginia. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Geography lessons. I think, I think, I think Pat was getting into that misty taste of moonshine up on the stage there. So. Yeah. If he doesn't <laughs> shut the fuck up, he's going to have some teardrops in his eyes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> go Cougs in that in that particular fight um no. but uh yeah let's Damn straight let's go ahead and roll on into our uh takeaways from the arizona game um your thoughts things you liked things you were concerned about things to be mindful of going forward um My, my my top three were, one, thank God we're not playing in the desert anytime soon. I'm not going to say ever again. But it's a fireable offense if our, if our athletic department yeah. books, books it away with that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, Pac-12 refs can't go away soon enough. Um, just, a, just a ridiculous um, showing by them. Um, but three, um, I'm man. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we got the the, the yips out. You know, before uh, before the Oregon game. You know, it's always that. You know, I was I was thinking about. You know, and I know this topic. You know, tonight is a little bit. You know, how we feel about this season versus 2016. You know, I I remember watching that. Arizona game at Arizona in 2016 and we squeaked out of there in OT and just being terrified. And man, this, this game felt super similar. Um, I, was, I remember that 2016 game. I was, I was texting my buddy and I was not a big Samu Shing fan. <laughs> Neither was, was Chris like, Peterson oh, at, at certain junctures. They're going to run at him yeah. again. Yep. Uh, Agreed. Like, and I, I'm going to say it a couple of different, I've got a couple of different things to say about that game. Um, I did not have a similar amount of fear. Yes. Was there a pucker factor coming down the stretch a little bit, but we led by multiple scores for the vast majority of that football game. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think to a certain extent, certainly, obviously we were, we were hampered by injuries with Thule going out. Ulamu was in and out. Um, obviously, uh, we were missing J Mac the whole game. Um, Arizona did try something, uh, a little different that we had to adjust to and we were still very, very efficient, um, without, we're not going to do a full Oregon preview because that, that comes next week. Um, but please ducks drop seven or eight, or put seven defensive backs on the field. Please do. We will, yeah. we're, <laughs> um, I don't like, and I also think, um, and I will uh, not full soapbox say this, uh, but I think I, I actually think that yes, could we have? Um, I'll, I'll speak 
uh, on a theme that that our buddy Hood <laughs> likes and wants Grub to run the ball a little bit more. Agreed. Yeah. But we proved that we we've proved over the course of the last three games that we can, when given that opportunity, um, and enough that we're gonna we're gonna. But I also think a lot of the game plan with what Arizona was giving us was also putting on putting some things on tapes on tape for the Ducks. I think there was confidence that we could handle Arizona even with the injuries, but we've given the Duck defensive staff some things to think about that maybe they would have. There was one real takeaway from that game yeah. is that the running game looked really good. Yeah. Johnson looks like he's he's healthy now, you know, and then when Tybo came in, he kind of flashed. You can see you can see how he has that burst through the line that we've been kind of missing for a while that Cam Davis kind of flashed early and then just kind of never came around. But I, I'm really uh, optimistic about that going forward. And then, you know, just going off of the cow game too, where they just mauled them up front. Yep. That's yeah. I, I really liked how the running game was, you know, and, and it, it was unfortunate because, you know, you know, you start getting into conspiracy brain a little bit and, it, it felt like a couple series where um, Grubb was thinking about Penix's Heisman campaign more than um, you know what what the Arizona defense was giving us. Yep. Um, you know, and that's that's my you know un, uneducated take, but you know, it really there was a few baffling play calls there down the stretch. Yeah, that drive in the fourth quarter when they went three and out, it just seemed like that would have been. You should have at least ran the ball on first down, get the clock running. Right. Yeah. I my conspiracy brain was are we getting penalized even though Arizona's leaving the conference as well by the by the officials? Because it the the two to one yardage, the penalty yardage, uh disadvantage, and it was the what I would argue were a number of ticky tack penalties called on us and Arizona getting away with a blatant uh, infractions, yeah, including on the play that turned it into a one-score game where, um, yeah, Tete Roy McMillan, nice push-off, sir. Like, oh, yeah. full two-arm shove in the back to, about, to clear Elijah Jackson. Like The thing about Pac-12 refs is they'll just, all of a sudden they won't call anything, and then they will just get so ticky-tacky about everything. It's the and inconsistency. It's like, I can't even remember yeah. what the uh, penalty disparity was in, in the Cal game, but at one point I remember looking at the scoreboard and we had eight penalties and they had one. And it's just yeah. like, you can't tell me they're not committing penalties too. Okay. It's just like what you're using to throw a flag on. And it seems anytime now, if, if I was a D-line coach, I would just teach my linemen to become engaged and fall down if the ref looking at you, cause they're probably going to call flag on holding. It's, it's almost like, you know, receivers flailing their arms and stuff. And then, you know, coming back on an underthrown ball too. That's, uh-huh. I mean, that's always almost an automatic PI. And it was on Dom. And yeah. like, I think that there was a good amount on the one that got called on Dom. There was, I mean, it, it, I'm not going to, there was a lot of hand fighting. Yeah. On that. I think when Muhammad got called on one too. Yep. But, but hey, we went to Arizona. We survived the Arizona Kyler Murray. You know, yep. 5-0, baby. Yep. Yep. The 2016 struggle with them, too. That that game was more of a nail-biter. Yes. Yeah. Arizona actually tied that game. 
<laughs> Arizona didn't tie this game. Or come close to it. Yeah, and 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 just you know, a little little history lesson for 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 Duxie's friends, you know, out there. The the year they played for the national championship and lost, they lost at Arizona. <laughs> so all all their all their shit talk about us quote unquote struggling this week can uh, you know well, they can stick it in their ass. Well, so. <laughs> the Ducks have actually trailed in the second half this year. We haven't. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But yes, go ahead and go ahead, Ducks, and and tell me how how uh, uh, how losing at Arizona is, uh, or, or excuse me, winning Arizona in a game that you never trailed is not as good a uh, a test, or is is a bigger sign of concern versus a team that lost to Wyoming, where Penix and had, still had over three hundred yards passing. We'll cut it here. You can support this podcast at podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash sound the siren pod UW slash support. Thanks. Go dogs. And we are now joined by the darker night. How are you doing this evening, bud? Doing very well. Uh, five and O's treating me right. quite nicely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we were just talking about some of our takeaways and, and thoughts on the Arizona game, but what did you see? What did you like? What did you maybe have concerns about going forward? Um, general thoughts on, on the, the wind down in Arizona. Yeah, I love the way uh, we came out offensively. Um, was aggressive, but at the same time, just kind of took what the defense gave us, marched right down the field. Um, I thought it was a nice mix of the short passing game with some, you know, timely runs. Um, and, you know, we're going to be facing that moving forward with teams afraid of getting beat over the top. So um, it was conservative, but I liked it. We were still efficient moving the ball. Um I think, you know, <laughs> what we have to work on, uh, mainly Grubb, uh, love, love the fact that, you know, he's, he's going to stick to his guns. But when you get a tad aggressive and, you know, you kind of, you can tell sometimes he gets a little bored of the short pass a game and he wants to take that shot uh, when teams aren't really honoring that. And they're, you know, you can tell they're being coached to stay back. We're still taking those unnecessary shots, which are, you know, resulting in some really bad incompletions. And then sometimes it put us behind the eight ball. Um, another thing is just three straight passing downs, you know, just to get us off the field, especially in that fourth quarter where I felt like, you know, we could have just milked away that final yep. four minutes or whatever it was after Jeremy had initially fumbled. Um, defense gets a stop. You go and throw three straight times, just, for un, you know, unexplainably, like, why are we doing that? And you could just ran the ball, ran at least two minutes off the clock. And then they get the ball maybe deep in their territory to then try to go 80-plus yards to put another score up and not make it as interesting of a game. So um, I think it's just us, us beating ourselves with a lot of different things. Um, I understand there was some non-calls, especially with holding. I, I counted at least eight eight yep. missed calls are holding and with the ref looking directly at 
Braylon Trice on a few of those and refused to throw a flag. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought offensively, um, yeah, I thought offensively we did okay. Um, I'm sure Mike was frustrated after the game with just the, um, he missed some reads on some of those. Um, but for the most part, the pocket was clean. I have no issues as far as with the O-line and how they held up. Um, defensively, uh, I still want to see us affect the pocket more. Um, I felt that although there are times we did get pressure and Braylon got his first sack, just it just it's not consistent enough um, to really put scare and you know on the other side of the ball. So um, to really help our secondary, which I think is playing out of their mind right now, even though they do give up some stuff. I mean, we're playing against two of the better receivers in the conference this past game. Um, yep. And I think they, they held well. They did their own, you know, and we dropped a lot of opportunities as well to turn the ball over. So it was a mixed bag, man. It was a mixed bag, but a learning experience. I think it's teaching tape and something I think to definitely carry over into the Oregon game. Yep. Agreed. And I mean, I think, uh, I think it was Tui that, that missed, um, had, Fafita in his clutches and Fafita was able to shake him off and, and scramble mm. away for it. You know, I think it, we still ended up, you know, he actually, that one hurt to a positive. That one hurt. I, although I will say that uh, without going into an Oregon preview, Bo Nix while taller is not built the same way as Noah Fafita. <laughs> um, I I think Tui, if Tui has Bo Nix in a similar situation, Bo's going down. <laughs> um, that's just, uh, my thoughts there. Um, but it, yeah, agreed. Mm. Yeah, it gets a little frustrating when you see that good D-line push and they have them contained. And then it's like just one missed tackle and he gets away for like, you know, either a positive gain or maybe even like 10 yards or stuff because the field is yep. so stretched at that point. What, what's he going to do against that Alex Grinch D next week? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if the the D, the D word <laughs> with Alex Grinch. That, I don't think they need to be mentioned in the same sentence. Uh, D, D, D is their average defensive grade right. each week. And this one goes out to my buddy Fight on Rusty. Stealing. I told you so. <laughs> nah, Jen's gonna come right in. Right. Get all that cleaned up. Gonna tell Riley who to whose coordinators yeah. need to be. Yeah, about that. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and move uh, move into the, the predictions around the conference, and then we have a, a fun topic to discuss. Um, and so, uh, starting it off this weekend, it's only a, a four game slate in the conference this week. We do have a noon kick on Pac-12 Network. Uh, it's actually a little disappointing that this game is only on the Pac-12 Network. We've got number thirteen Washington State going into UCLA. Uh, and the Rose Bowl uh, as a three and a half point underdog with the over under in that game at 59. Uh, what do you guys think about this one? I think the Cougs are going to torch them. Agree. I agree. Yeah. Cougs. Cougs by a lot. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I think UCLA's defense keeps a minute for a quarter and a half, but I just think Washington State's too much offensively. Yep. Agreed. 
I, I will say I'd take the under there, not, and that's not any, un, yes. any disrespect to uh, the Washington State offense. I don't think, I think the UCLA defense is good enough that uh, the Cougars aren't going to get into the 50s by themselves, and I don't think the UCLA offense is going to do enough uh, against the Cougar defense to uh, for the combined total to hit 59. I don't think it'll even hit 55. Hmm. Yeah, it, it feels like a 28-21. Yeah, I could. I actually, I think it, I can see the Cougs winning this one by a couple scores. It feels this one feels more like a thirty-five twenty-one or a thirty-five seventeen to me. Yeah, that's I was gonna say thing. something like that. Yeah, I was gonna say like a thirty-eight twenty-four, thirty-eight twenty-one, something like that. Yeah, there's always the Coug factor. You got to fit fit in though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they could keep it interesting. Uh, the, the, they could right. keep it interesting on the wrong. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah this is this is the program that. Uh, that, well, that they were leading by 32 points and lost the football game. Yeah. But uh, that's a different UCLA. Um, <laughs> and, and, and with, with all, with all due respect and, and rest in peace, Mike Leach, um, Dickert's clock management's a little different than Mike Leach. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just auditioning for Michigan state. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is. Both our rivals are stepping stone programs. <laughs> uh, we can move on to oh man, a three thirty kick on the Pac twelve network. Uh, Colorado is headed to to, to Tempe uh, as a four point favorite with the over under at fifty nine and a half against ASU. Uh, thoughts on this one? <laughs> Take the over. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> My goodness. This gag game might be played in the fifties. Very well could. Yes. Neither team has a whole lot on, on the defensive side. Of the I, I actually but... see I think Colorado can pull that game out. Um mm-hmm. I'm I'm not sold um with the quarterback position at Arizona State and I think it has the potential to be a shootout and I think if the ball's in Shadura's hands late, I think he can lead them to a victory. I actually think Colorado not only covers, I think they could win this one by a couple of touchdowns. Ooh. I feel like it could it could go either it could, it could be like either a yep. blowout or a shootout. It goes either way. I just I, I have no read on ASU, so they get Travis Hunter back this week, so see how that goes. <laughs> but I, I think that you know, I think that yeah, I think that Colorado probably. probably I like Conyers, Elijah Badger. I like I like uh, some of their weapons. It's just I don't know if they have enough to keep up in a game like that. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that they you could see them do is you can employ a little bit of the strategy that, that some of the teams have tried to do against us in Arizona was probably the most effective at trying to run the ball and uh, keep our offense off the field with, uh, I think, ASU, mm. if they're smart, is, uh, you know, just pounds Cameron Scadaboo and and the, the running, you know, him primarily, and then, you know, mix, you know give him a, a blow. Um, Colorado is not a great run defense. They're yeah. not a good defense at all, and I think that's probably one of the better paths for an ASU victory. Um, but that said, I think uh, I think Colorado's got enough weapons to to win it. I mean, if you run enough crossing routes with Elijah Badger, I'm sure they can stay in it. We've seen what Colorado State mm-hmm. did. So, 
And I have to think that Arizona State's a little bit better than Colorado State. So we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. It could go either way. It could go either way, but I think their only chance is keeping Colorado's offense off the field by ball control. Agreed. Um, Another game on Pac-12 Network, we have a 7 p.m. kick. Uh, as Oregon State is a nine and a half point favorite going to uh, Memorial Stadium at Cal, with the over under at that on that game at fifty one and a half. Under, <laughs> take the under, yeah, take the under. That's going to be our, our that old yeah. school nineties style football game. With I, I see Oregon State running for close to four hundred yards. Yep. Yeah, John Jonathan Smith versus Justin Wilcox. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like <laughs> it's like du- du- doubling up on two different types of sleep medicine. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> night, night quilt. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a Nyquil, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna drop an Ambien and chase it with some Nyquil, and, <laughs> and just see what happens. I <laughs> think I actually think Cal has a chance because I think um, this would be. I mean, DJ is going to be tested with this secondary for sure. Mm-hmm. With his receivers against his second, I should say. I just don't know if the matchups favorite Oregon State outside. So I think their keys to victory is running the ball effectively yep. and potentially using a play action pass. But um, if 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 Mr. Ott can get going on the other side and then kind of control the ball some way somehow, um, you know, Cal, we all know they have two really good receivers as well. So we'll see how it goes. But I think it's going to be a closer game than we think. And I actually think that could be a 50-50 game. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, de- And I would definitely take the under. I- I'm more confident in the under than than Oregon State covering. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Either way, you're taking the under. Um, <laughs> um, and then finally, the, the only non-Pac-12 Network game of the week. Uh it, yeah, I was going to make a comment about that. <laughs> it's like the two B of networks. Three, we have four games this week, and the three of them are on a network that half the country doesn't. Play. This is crazy. I can't believe we've Thanks, been Larry. stuck. Go, going back to your point earlier, and Coogs, you're still blaming us for getting the hell out. I wonder why we left. Dude, how when they go to the Pac-12, even worse with Apple yeah, TV. When they go to the Pac-12 studio, just how bummed out do those guys seem? Oh <laughs> man, I feel I feel Dude. bad because uh, those, some of those people there are really cool. Like, Ashley Adamson is actually really yeah, well, awesome I, yeah, but they're sitting there wondering. Really they're sitting there wondering if their parking is going to get validated like, after they get out of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> like, like. Well, like, yeah. Should I some cash? Like, <laughs> probably why they're doing every game remote this right. year because they don't have. A well, the last one, yeah. Will the last Pac-12 network employee please turn out the lights? <laughs> oh, absolutely! Oh no! <laughs> but uh... <laughs> and of course, two of the games are at after yeah. ten e- Eastern. Pack twelve after dark. That means yeah, when my eyes are shut, yeah. <laughs> ain't nobody gonna be watching this game on the East Coast. 
Okay, I got I got I got to admit something last week. I was on the East Coast last Saturday and uh I was day drinking and I did not make it. Oh. I didn't, I didn't even make it past the first quarter. <laughs> Shame, 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 shame. That is shame, shameful. Well, it was also it was also almost impossible to get a freaking Wi-Fi connection that's, to my hotel. Oh, uh, I was gonna say I, I watched Michael Penix warm up, and then next thing you know, I woke up and it was morning. Like, I don't know on, what happened. Boy, help me out. <laughs> I got points. Come on, man. All right. Well, yeah. The, the last game on the slate it is a 7:30 p.m. game on ESPN, uh, and Arizona is traveling to the Coliseum to play the number nine in the country, USC Trojans, who are a 21 and a half point favorite with the over/under at 72 points. 72. Ooh, uh, Take the over. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Arizona is uh, definitely scoring at least 30. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I think I think this is I'm I'm going for Arizona here. You know, I'm I would have put myself at risk for my my 293 followers straight up or tweet at straight up or with the with the points. Uh, You know, I'm going to go straight up, even though you listen, 21 and a half is a that's a that's a tasty that's a spicy meatball right there. Mm -hmm. Um, If if you're a better, especially with the way that. SC give, gives up backdoor covers. I, I just <laughs> pause. <laughs> yeah. I I think I think they're gonna roll out a similar strategy. Yeah. They're gonna roll out a similar strategy that they did against UW. Um I think it's gonna be more effective than it was against UW. Um and at the same time, I think the the Arizona Kyler Murray is going to carve the shit out of him. So here mm. we go. Yeah, I, I I think that game's going into at least one overtime. Ooh, there you go. Ooh. Wow, it wouldn't wow. be Pac-12 after dark without some overtime shenanigans. There you go. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it, I, I'm going to be very. Got to get. Them. I'm going to be. They have, they have. They have. They're at Notre Dame the next week. Like this is. Yeah, like, I think I can see them looking ahead. Yeah, this is an Admiral Akbar. It's a trap game, baby. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, <laughs> and what I will be actually really interested to see is I, I think you're right that they'll probably employ the same strategy. Um, how that works, because I do think that SC is, you know, can be equally effective running the ball as we were, if not a little better on the ground with Marshawn Lloyd. Um, but I think, and I think this was something that, that Hood pointed out, uh, so shouts to him, um, that Ultimately, USC's offense in a lot of ways, it's the ultimate scramble drill offense. It's playground. It's Caleb Williams mm-hmm. running around. So um, that's going to be really interesting to see with seven defensive backs, kind of how much they can muddy the water or muddy the air, <laughs> as it were. Um, I think he's going to throw at least two interceptions in that game. Yeah. Col- Coleman for Arizona is going to run for over 100 yards. Yeah. And this is going to be the, the Johnny Nansen revenge game, baby. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> oh jeez! Johnny Nansen's revenge. That's uh... <laughs> yeah. That movie gone. <laughs> I'm not sure what to do with that one. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about uh, kind of the main topic for the evening. Um, and this is something that we can kind of talk about with just that how it feels to be a fan of this team this year versus other great teams. Um, in, in Husky history, 
whether that's recent history, 2016 and, and that era, or, or even, you know, I would argue that the 2017 and 2018 were, were pretty damn good teams as well. Um, so we can mm-hmm. kind of lump that all in. Um, kind of better TV teams too. I, Absolutely. I think the well, and I think that's. Yeah, I mean, they they certainly weren't. Yeah, I mean, 19 was defensive lapses and Bob Gregory coached linebackers away from (laughs) a a double from 10 from 10 10 10 or 11 wins as well. Um, But even going back to, well, we can talk about it. Like, we'll start with the kind of the 2016, like I had and and that era with Peterson. I got into it a little bit with uh, or not into it, but just into a discussion. This team feels different. I'm much more confident into these games that particularly with, like I I said it earlier when we were recapping Arizona, this was a different Arizona game than we've experienced in the past. Arizona never led this game. It never, we were never actually really in danger of like, unlike Oregon at Texas tech, we never trailed in this game. Um, those the the Peterson era, you know the the peak of the Peterson era. Those teams were liable to drop a game that they had no business losing. I haven't mm-hmm. even with what happened this past Saturday. I haven't seen that from this team yet. Um, is obviously we don't have as good a defense as those teams, but the offense is levels better, and and this offense has done it against quality competition where the 2016 offense is an example. Both times they came up against a good appointment. They got shut down by USC and they got shut down by Alabama other than the first drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to see this offense against that Alabama team. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, especially, (laughs) I mean, even that Peterson did a really good job of, uh, I've always harped on this to people and people get really annoyed with me. My thing was, is that I, I felt like Sark never rebuilt the offensive line. He was always trying to bring in true freshmen as linemen. It's just like you, you want red shirt yep. sophomores and juniors to be on your own line. And Peterson finally did that. I mean, it, and then Huff was started recruiting and mm-hmm. stacking linemen classes. I mean, and that, that's what you need to do. And I think, we're finally seeing the benefit of that now that, you know, you know, Huff's got a, a good OC to work with. It's not Bush Hamden or John Donovan, you know, you see what this line's doing. And, and I mean, in terms of if you, if, yeah. if, if I can jump in briefly, it, you know, if, if you look at like a, a straight up comparison or like a game between 2016 and the 2023 versions of Washington, this is a better offensive line. And it's not, I don't think it's particularly close. Yes. And while yes, Obviously, they're going to have Deeper. some challenges with Vita Vea, Greg Gaines, and the monsters that we had on the <laughs> D-line. That said, particularly after 2016 lost JoJo Mathis, the edge rushers on the 2023 Washington Huskies against those tackles versus the edge rushers from 2016 against our tackles currently, I tend to lean 2023 in those matchups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, I mean, Nick, Nick Harris was a great, yeah. but I mean, he was an undersized true freshman guard in 20 who got abused against Alabama. I mean, in that, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they just, and, and that, that's nothing against him. I mean, geez, 
sure. 18, 19 year old kid. Mm-hmm. And he's a great center, but he's playing guard. Yeah. Against against these yeah, I think this line. this offense across the board, it, I just think it's just hands down better than that 2016 team, even with a John Ross or Dante Pettis. I mean, you just have way more. I mean, the receivers don't even compare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as good as we thought like John Ross and Dante seen. Pettis were, they are nowhere near the trio or the quartet that we have no. now um, right. as far as even NFL-type caliber receivers, uh, which is saying a lot. Um, you know, if maybe if Jake Browning had Michael Penix's halluster of an arm, he would have, you know, we would have had more explosive plays with John Ross, but, um, that's kind of what held that offense back a little bit too. It was that Jekyll and Hyde thing where we praised Jake for his smarts and how he just, I mean, he was basically another coach on the field, but he was limited with a lot of things he could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of plays that we could run outside. And I think that caught up with us uh, in the CFP. Yep. I, um, I think, but I mean, as a whole, it was a decent, was a decent offense. If there was a way, if there was a way to give Browning Houston's mm-hmm. arm, <laughs> yeah, Frank, he'd be starting right now for somebody in the league. Frankenstein yeah. monstering it, like the, the one on the offensive side of the ball, <laughs> the one position where I would take 2016 over 2023, it's running back. It's, it's D- Miles D- Gas. Oh yeah, Miles. Oh, yeah. I mean, Miles in this offense. <laughs> yeah. Miles and oh, Gaskin, yeah. man. Miles yeah. and Levon Coleman coming to one two. I mean, that was a perfect compliment yeah. to each other. Yep. And that's no disrespect to the guys we yeah. have, but it's that they'd be Miles is no. the leading rusher in school history, and that has to be paid. Um, and yes, I mean, I think you know if if those two teams played, I think. I mean, Miles playing behind this line. I mean, you know how many yards he got after contact, <laughs> even mm-hmm. in 2016. I mean, he would be getting like huge holes right now. That he'd be like at least four yards downfield before contact. Yeah, we were Instead spoiled of, like, with Miles, for sure. Oh no, he was great. He made he made something out of nothing all the time. Yeah. I tell you what, you know this I mean, I... Uh, this this 2023 team versus 2016 like we we didn't know how good the 2016 team was until we played stanford in game five mm-hmm. like we were we were coming off you know chris peterson's first season mm-hmm. of seven wins second season is eight wins so it, there's a lot of seven wins steve you know going around and we were like oh you know what is this gonna look like we got the sophomore quarterback um and then it started rolling from there listen going into this season there's like no doubt who we are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and yeah that team and was the like ex- expectations yeah this expectations are way way higher this year i think we we started mm-hmm. number 14 uh the 2016 season you know versus starting what did we start number eight this this season yeah. eight or nine something like that yeah. yeah um well and you know and just a proven yeah, it's it's a it's a big difference, and it's it's a lot more nerve wracking. It is. Yeah, I think it's a mindset thing too. Mm-hmm. It's a confidence in a in a, a hooligan. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a um, this team and the the coaching staff they're not afraid to step on people's throats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Pete so, was too nice. I'll, I'll share. I'll share a feeling I had. <laughs> I had a feeling I had during the cow game 
when I was at that game and, and it was 14 nothing before Penix even got the ball, I was like, this is as close as it's ever been for me personally as a feeling I had when I was a student in the 90s. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention that team, but I'm gonna say that feeling in that game where I just you just came in right right after that. Even at, when Eddie took back, it was like there's no way mm-hmm. he's gonna lose this game. We're gonna blow these guys out, you know. And and that was that's what those it felt like to go to those games in the 90s. Man. It was it was. Hey, nuts. Can, can we talk about oh, is Kalen is Kalen DeBoer is is he like a pocket serial killer because he's just dude he's walking around on the sideline like chomping his gum he's got like this dad bod right and like his his facial expression hardly changes but that team is like out there to to punch people in the throat and i'm i'm just like i want to see what he what what that looks like in the locker or outside like even before the game when they're like oh we have Kalen DeBoer mic'd up you know he's walking around like hey play hard today you know and all this stuff I'm like come on there's there's something else there where he's just like you know he's motivated yeah to yeah, it's, somehow, that's, you know? yeah you can tell coaches that have been there that many you know that have been there plenty of times where it's it's a game to them too and mentally where they get locked in and. They they black out sometimes with their demeanor. You go get one person in front of the mic, you'll get another person once the lights come on. Like, but that's what you love really as a like coach because you know that. who you're getting. I'd really like to hear what the what the players that have played under him. Have yeah, because to me it seems like he's a level-headed guy that'll get into you if you do something wrong. But at the same time, I think he's also really confident in his staff and everything like that. And I think that that spills mm-hmm. over. In the players. This is, it was like, I, I remember uh, one of the things that new Heisel was really good at is new Heisel never seemed to panic when the team was behind. And I thought, and I think that the team kind of got that from him. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, if you look, you look at a SART team, the team would kind of implode when they got, dare I say punch drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we're, we're 18 games in to the Kalen DeBoer era, and that Arizona game was where I, I saw the most emotion from him out of any game. Mm-hmm. You know, it just the, And I uh, agreed with all of it, too. Yeah, I agreed with all of it, too. <laughs> I saw exactly what he but, saw. <laughs> but it was, it, I mean, it, it was it was amazing. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, compare him against, you know, the – you know, the Nick Sabans and the, the Jimbo Fishers and, you know, whoever, like some of the, you know, the elite coaches out there, uh, Jimbo's, you know, I mean, that's, that's a stretch, but yeah, you, it, it's, it's pretty, it's really impressive. And I just, you know, I would, I would love to figure out, you know, what, you know, think of bottle that magic and sell it in a store, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Well, I think people look at, Kalen is just being at Fresno State, but you got to look at his total body of work. I mean, yeah. the dude has proven over it every course of competition that he's a winner pretty consistently. And you give him the athletes along with his mindset and his coaching style, his staff. I mean, he's showing you he can compete at the highest level. So I don't think that's going to change. I think those are the type of coaches that you dream to find because they're like that diamond in the rough where you see these big names floating around. That's, it's cool. It looks great. But the guys that you want to keep and mold and that build legacies are guys like him. Yep. Well, and look at 
where then you tell there's four. Remember, no, go ahead. Look, during, during the coaching shirts, I, I always my thing that I kept saying is I wanted to find a guy that necessarily wasn't a coordinator. I I kept saying that I want the Jim Trestle type, the guy that just won wherever he was, and then you know DeBoer ended up being almost that exact same thing. I mean that yeah, it's North Dakota State, but still, I mean, you can't deny his record there. And then Indiana had their best years with him as OC. And then he goes to Fresno State, and then he's doing it at a higher level. And then he's still, I mean, he played UCLA better yep. than we well. did. <laughs> he played Oregon better than we did, <laughs> you know, with, with you know, a bigger talent gap, you know, and, and that's, that's what you want. That's what I always wanted out of coach. And the thing that tops it off is he seems like a really yep. genuine mm-hmm. dude too. That hopefully parents well, want. Well, and to build on that, because that's actually where I was going to go with it. Is look at Indiana right now, and they gave Tom Allen a big extension on the back of the mm-hmm. of what was for them mostly unprecedented success in the modern era, and it, it is it is absolutely crystal clear that what that success was built on was Kalen because. I believe Grubb was there with him as the O-line coach, mm-hmm. that it was absolutely built on their offense and Mike, not Tom Allen. And so, um, you know, I think he's probably right up there now in the big, after, you know, with everything that went down with Mel Tucker at Michigan state, I think Tom Allen's got one of the bigger buyouts of anybody that's kind of room, you know, on the hot seat in the big 10. And it was because of the success that, that Kalen had in making that team dangerous and now we've got we've got them, and they don't. And I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, somebody to let Cal say no when when time comes. We need to start working on that extension now. Yeah, I was just going to say that that poach Kalen based on money. He's not even the one. The, yeah, he's not even one of the top twenty five highest paid yep, coaches yeah, in right. the country. That, that our new AD needs to be working on the, the Mel Tucker yeah, contract. So that's, that's the first order of business. I don't want to hear about nothing yeah. else. You work on that first, and then we'll figure yeah, everything I else mean, out. I mean, I think that probably I would I would expect that, that those conversations are happening even without an athletic director in place because you don't, mm-hmm. you know, yes, athletic directors generally want to hire coaches or have, have a part in that, but it's like, you're not going to come and be like, oh, this guy's 16 and two or whatever we end up this year. Like, ah, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure we want to give that guy a long term. Like, no, like, and I think obviously, and I think it got said when Jen, when it was announced that Jen was leaving, that, that they're listening, that the the search committee or president Kause is listening to some of the input that Kalen and coach Grubb have. And that's critically, important. Oh, yeah. and that's critically like important too. because I mean, he is, he's clearly, he seems to be not only a, a, an outstanding football coach, but, but, but just a truly quality person. Um, like I, I, mm-hmm. I mentioned it in the, in the episode last week that I, one of my favorite things that I've seen this year was it, to, to the point about like, what, what's he like behind closed doors was the, that he was mic'd up and the Josh Cuevas like, I don't want to go talk to coach about this coach is getting killed, kill me. And, and coach is just like, yeah. no, man, it's all good. I liked it. It was <laughs> I want to know what that, like, how, like, the do, but like, you have to have a, a deep, deep passion for winning and doing things the right way to be as successful as, you know, and shouts to that duck fan that was like, oh, you know, portal and pray. Uh, no, you don't, by the way, also <laughs> along these lines. Um, and this was a great tweet and I don't remember who it yeah, was, they're never in the pool. um, where I saw it, but within the last couple of days in our 12 game winning streak. 10 of those games are against power five opponents. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw that. We're not beating <laughs> terrible teams like Lamar or some of these teams mm-hmm. SEC plays and schedules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then one of those teams also was Boise State. It's a good, that, is, is generally know. a good team. They're kind of having it down here, down this year, but they yeah, that's a respected program. program. Tulsa's three and one or four and one, For I think. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody made a joke that uh, Tulsa's making our uh, our metrics look better. Yeah. Yeah, or or they just gone against like they've seen what the best is, and they're going against inferior teams now, and so they're beating up on these other teams. Yep, so it's a two hit, you know, two sided. Well, and I think also to to go back yeah. to the like how it felt versus some of the other teams. Like I was a student, I didn't necessarily. I was commuting, and so I unfortunately didn't have tickets for the Rose Bowl year in the early in the Tui Rose Bowl year. But as much as I respect that team and how much Marcus was a warrior. This team torches the 2000 Rose Bowl team. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Turns, burns, toasted. I was a nervous wreck watching that. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they won every game in the fourth quarter. They had some talent, man, but God, those games were nerve wracking. You were just worried about the finish. Yeah, the finishes are just cash. Yeah. Yeah. Pete Carroll would have loved the 2000 Washington Husky team, and I'm sure he did watch. <laughs> oh, right on the edge. Yeah. Just right yeah. There. Stay Wait, in the game. game in the first quarter? <laughs> well, if you're up 21 to nothing or 26 to nothing, yes, you yeah. well can. And actually have some semblance of a defense. Again, cough, USC cough. These games don't got to be close. I love, I love Marcus. I'm, Marcus is like one of the best leaders you'd ever had, but. They would be, they would just be blowing somebody out, and then he would just do something, just, and it was always just because he wanted to to make a play. But he would either make a bad pitch, or force a throw, and it would turn into a, a turnover that would kind of let the other team back in it. And I'm not saying he just would do that just because he's trying to make a play, but you know sometimes it's like just. Oh God, Marcus! Just mm-hmm. eat it. Yeah, <laughs> and he did that. He did that a lot. He did that in the Rose Bowl, and I almost. Oh. Well, and it, it's it's a great point. Like this this stretch of twenty twenty two twenty three um, is the least amount I've been on edge in the second half of like almost my entire like Husky fandom. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it. It always felt like, you know, I mean, we're like, there's like, I have a lot of confidence more than I ever have in, you know, that the, we're going to pull these games out. You know, this, I mean, this offense is just phenomenal. Yeah. I think it's like, it's the confidence we, factor we never for sure. Really, yeah. You know, we never really had a, a passing offense like this since maybe. And, uh, no, never. But, and, but even but even, even, even preceding then, Cody Pickett, this but, this it's never yeah, well, been now, this explosive. Like, I mean, it's crazy, and the, the fact that Penix just distributes the ball so well and puts puts the ball where like nobody can get it except for the receiver. Mm. I mean, I still don't know how he saw Taj Davis down the sideline. And laser, Oregon doesn't either. Laser, Oregon, that's yeah. right. I've 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 watched that. I saw. I I forgot somebody was going over the middle and they were wide open. And he went. To, he went to Taj down the side, and I was just like, and I've seen like multiple replays of that, and I'm just like, that's the reason why he's a D1 athlete, and I'm sitting there 
paying a ticket to watch the game. I was at that game and my mouth was just it just dropped. Like as the ball was in the air, I'm licking and I believe it was Bennett Williams and I'm licking at him, licking at him, and I was like, I don't think he's gonna get there. But a split second later, like Taj has and he's like tiptoeing down the sideline and runs. I was like, Oh, you I've never heard a stadium go from just utterly, you know, going crazy to just dead silent. That made my night. When I when I tell you get a pin drop in that stadium after that touchdown, it was silent. I loved it. All I did was turn to look at the Oregon fans around me and just gave them the PS time to zip. Yeah, go ahead and zip. I was Sorry. watching that game at uh, where KJR was, where Safi was doing his show down in Renton. And that, I, I swear the, the roof almost blew off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was you awful. might, or, sorry, Darker Knight, I think you know this. I'll have to edit that one out, <laughs> my bad. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, I think you know this, but I don't know that Mamma Jam and Pie God know this, but uh, I broke my, when that gross hit the field goal and the clock hit zeros, I broke a pair of glasses because I jumped up from my couch and was pumping my fist and hit myself in the face. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> Last him memory. <laughs> That's a, a worthy <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> You saw what you needed to see, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully, didn't break the glasses no, into I, my own I, I eyes. So. Story about after that game, sometimes that's another. That's the story. Uh, that's not, and that's not the worst self injury oh, I've, I've ever had. Uh, of me, of me, <laughs> celebrating <laughs> a Husky athletic <laughs> achievement. I'll just, I won't go further though. <laughs> just know I'm recovering. <laughs> <laughs> Like surgery went well. I'm all right. We're back. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it is just. Oh I mean, man, like, I, I was you know, Pie God, when you made that point about not being nervous in the second half, like I'm, I'm trying to think, like, yeah, like I was, you know, obviously that Oregon game, but like, I don't like maybe a little bit, but like as soon as we we came out firing in the second half to start the Apple Cup, with that that game ended pretty quickly. Uh. Um, like, yeah, the, the Texas game was close, but I, I was just, you know, Mamma Jamma, Darker Night, you and I were along with Hood at the, we were just yeah, chilling, we kind of watching it. Like we weren't game. worried about it. We were comfortable <laughs> in the second half in that one. Like it, it just, it feels different in that. Like I've got, I, we're not, we're, we're going to be talking about it next week, but this, mm-hmm. this is the least amount of stress I use. I have on <laughs> yeah. third and long third and what? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why, but now it was like, you know, Fenix proved me wrong enough that he was going to find yep. a guy on third and fourteen, yeah. and he'll get fifteen it, yards on the... it every freaking time. And and it's just like I, I made a joke to a friend of mine after the like, it was maybe like the second or third game last year, and I and I just said to him, dude, we got the routes now, <laughs> we got the routes. <laughs> Whereas last year or the the lake year, it was just the run the sideline mm-hmm. fade. And Shout out to J Mac, I run routes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that Arizona game was probably it's the first time because my wife was sitting there and she was you know kind of semi paying attention and she's like just looking at the score and she's like, why are you so pissed? Why are you being such a dick? And I, you know, and I'm just like, well, you know, you know, this is this is. You know, I had to think about it. This is the first time I've been a little uncomfortable in a long time. 
And and the game really wasn't in doubt. I mean, I was more pissed about the officiating and and everything and the fact that, you know, I was like, you know, I, I was like, I want the cover and, you know, I kind of want to, you know, stomp Arizona's guts out and everything else. Mm-hmm. But um, the style points. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, but that that's a, I moved into a new the first place. time in a long time where I haven't just place. been sitting there like, you know, mellow yellow. Well, here's a case in point about how elite this offense is. We're all sitting here about like what went wrong. And we scored 31 points on the in a road game. Yeah. In Arizona. In Arizona, yeah. <laughs> and, like, had over 400 yards yeah. of the total offense. Right? It's complaining yeah. about 31 <laughs> points is crazy. Yeah. Thir- 31 <laughs> points where Penix didn't throw a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nuts. Like, I think if you asked, if you polled most college football fans to kind of get back what Hooligan was asking, they'd probably look at the 2019 LSU offense as probably oh, the most explosive mm-hmm. they've seen. Mm-hmm. I'm taking this offense over that offense, and I'll do that all day long. And now go athlete for athlete. You can do whatever you want to do, but um, we, I mean, this offense is more versatile. I mean, if you look at, <laughs> I mean, a quarter through the season, you know, what they've done, if you want to compare the two, and nobody really understood and respected that offense until LSU went into Tuscaloosa and gave Alabama a beat down. Mm-hmm. Um, which I kind of feel happened next week, but we'll get on that next week. Um, so I think some folks have their their eyebrows open, you know, are raised just looking at the offense and being enamored with the amount of points, but they're not giving us respect based on the competition. But I just think it's a buzzsaw, man. And what makes the offense elite, what you're noticing is teams are having to adjust to what we're doing and not the opposite. They're not trying to apply the pressure. They're bracing for what are we going to do playing their safety is totally different than other games. I guarantee you when you look at tapes of other teams, so say like Arizona, when they may play similar because of USC, but I guarantee they, they their safeties and DBs won't be as far back as they were. Mm-hmm. I get they're going to have a totally different game plan, and you you have to. It's like, oh, you want to have a light box show or run, but if you want to bring everybody up and press or you want to send extra pressure, Knowing that Mike's probably going to be sitting back there, okay. Now you're one on one outside. Well, and and, and, Hood, and we're going to take any one of those matchups. Yeah, and Hood and I were talking about it last week, and that it not only affects the defensive game plan and what like you're trying to like mitigate the damage that our offense causes, it also affects the offensive game plans mm-hmm. because they're going they're going off of, sort yep. of what those teams are built for because they know to you can't go three and out. You can't go three and out. You, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh-huh. the one prediction, and I, I, will, I will say we can uh, briefly uh, talk about Oregon, but I don't want to get into the, the game details of Oregon. What I will say, the my my one prediction, and I think I mentioned it either in the during the, the episode last week, and if I didn't, it happened in the post show with Hood. The atmosphere at Husky Stadium a week oh. from Saturday. Oh is going to, I think it's going to exceed 2016 Stanford. I think we are going to hit a pair. It's going to be a parallel back to the early nineties. It is going to be absolutely bonkers. And um, the, the one thing I will say to you, duck fans, and yes, you guys make noise. You have not come to a Husky stadium for a game against the Washington Huskies. Like you're going to see October 14th. 
Yeah. So I was at the mm-hmm. Nebraska game. That set yeah, the I was going to say that was the comp I was going to say at the ni- 92 Nebraska. I, I still swear to God. I still swear to God the 90 USC game was louder. I love that. That's still one of my favorite UW games of all time was the 90 USC. The 30 to nothing? I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah, that game was nuts. I just remember, I just, I just miss watching the non HD version of some of those games on TV, just watching the camera literally shake as it plays. Uh, <laughs> it was like, you didn't have to imagine how loud it was. It was literally, you never seen a camera try to shake why, and, and focus on people that's moving. Why moved, that's why they have the cameras. Back. Any, anyone in that <laughs> old press back, anyone in that old press box was just terrified. Yeah, there you go. Like, <laughs> and not even during the '90s, but like on on long Reggie Williams touchdowns, in, like in the year following the last the the the, the 2000 Rose Bowl year, um, I have felt that stadium shake and been up under that roof when mm-hmm. the roof is shaking above me and the the metal. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I used the to kick think... six from Mason Foster. How loud that was! Oh, that? yeah. Oh, that was that was amazing. I was in the I was in the the West End Zone uh, mm-hmm. for that, and that was that was one of the loudest I've ever seen. Yeah, I uh, remember that ovation. I was like, uh, "Whoa, okay, yeah, it's gonna be conserve your voices, be well hydrated, liquidated, lubricated." That's why I got the tea. I got the tea next to me. I'm telling you, be ready, dog fans. It's gonna be. What time does the tailgate start? Uh, <laughs> Sunday. Try and buy the extra tickets so we can, you know, limit how many Ducks fans are yes, able to come do as not, well. Like, uh, I want that. It's going to be a purple yeah. out. I want that thing all purple. Yep. Like, everybody, do your job, man. Do your job. I don't, I don't care. You got to borrow something. Do whatever you need to do. Come loud. Come early. So it's, it's a noon 12:30 kick, like get there early. Don't I don't want to see this fair weather crowd. No, 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 no. no. Like, do what we got to do. Tailgate, tailgate early. Gates is gonna be open. Soon as you get done, leave a little earlier than you normally would. Be in the stadium with about 45 minutes. Yeah, not gonna be a lot of games. About 45 minutes to get be in be in the stadium. Be be ready to be loud for when the team comes out. You know, kind of both to warm up and yeah. The team's been showing out. It's time. No, it's it's our turn. Electric. Oh yeah, it's gonna be electric. Oh, I can't wait. Anything else you gents want to talk about, or, or should we call this one a show? Uh, I just, you know, not not that he listens to this, but I just want to shout out Christian Capel, who probably wrote one of the best um, mm. sports stories slash tributes about his uncle Jim Capel, who. I read on in ESPN the magazine and the PI. Well. Um, my favorites. What an outstanding, outstanding story and incredible tribute to his uncle. Um, you know, huge fan of Christian already, but man, that that uh, that 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 took him up, you know, over the top. So just shout out to him and best wishes to his family. Agreed. Yeah, he had a couple things he said that hit home yeah. for me personally. And, uh, but I, I just want to say that anybody who doesn't subscribe to Almont Lake, just do it. You're supporting a local writer, a guy, he's a UW grad. He wrote for the daily, 
he got screwed over by athletic and now he's doing his own thing and he covers the Huskies amazingly. I mean, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to slight Varel here either, but yeah, I love Mike Varel. Christian is you know. Yeah. I, I like them both. I mean, they're they're We have some excellent writers right now following the team. So they give a really, yep. and shots out, I, I will also to echo that but, and, and to, you know, I, I agree with all of that. Um, and I would say, you know, shout out to the whole content UW podcast, UW content creator community. I think we just have a great group and, you know, UW Twitter in general, um, be loud, be, represent wherever you are. Um, along those lines as well, just a, a quick plug. Um, as I mentioned last week, Sound the Siren, we do have some some podcast merchandise if you'd like to show your support that way. Yes. It is uh, out there. It is at rubbubble.com slash people slash flames7sea. Um, uh, I'm also working on potentially one other uh, vehicle uh, for some additional merchandise. Um, thanks for listening, Go Dogs. Anything else? I don't want to have the last word. I don't need to have it. <laughs> Just uh, all our all our uh, injured dogs right now, and hope y'all hope y'all healing up, um, and hope you guys be able to play and and uh, recover during this bye week. Um, take care of yourselves, please. Um, and yeah, let's get ready to to rock it out in the next home game. Amen. Yeah, rest up this week. Get ready. Bring your A game next Saturday. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs.